this is the Gartner Sales Podcast. Hi, everyone. It's Brent Adamson, and welcome to the Gartner Sales Podcast. This is the podcast where I sit down with some of our best thinkers, researchers, and leaders from across the company to share with you both the practical tips and some of the most up-to-date strategic insights that you'll need to sell more effectively, especially in a time of deep disruption, well, like, like today and has been for the last two and a half years. So today I am joined by my friend and colleague, Steve Rietberg from our sales program and our practice analyst team. Um, and Steve and I are going to spend some time today chatting about a document that he and a number of our colleagues wrote together called Predicts 2022, the digital evolution of B2B sales. So we're going to take a, a deep look into the near future across the next, uh, I'd say, what, one to five years, and particularly with this idea or a view towards digital and the role that digital will play for all of us in sales, both as a disruptor, but also as potentially a solution to many of the challenges that we're going to be facing. Steve, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, Brent, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I, there's there's so much we can talk about. We'll try to pack it all into, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes and we could easily go longer, but let's, maybe we do this, Steve. Uh, so again, for, for Gartner clients, you'll find the document on Gartner.com. It is called Predicts 2022, the digital evolution of B2B sales. And as always, we'll of course provide a link to that in the in the show notes. Um, Steve, why don't we just start with just the basics? What what exactly is this document? The, the In some ways, the title is perfectly descriptive of what it is, but it may not necessarily be intuitive for the, someone coming at it cold. So there's there's actually a lot of thinking behind what this document does and what it's meant to who it's meant for and and what it's meant to to describe isn't there yeah absolutely so a predix uh research like this is really intended to be kind of a broader longer forward-looking uh, document where we really kind of take what are the key challenges and factors that we see impacting the B2B sales uh, community today, and then where we see that driving uh, you know, certain predictions and what you should be doing about it. So the approach that we took for this particular uh, piece of research was, well, let's, let's pull those um, Let's pull those factors or challenges together, and I'll give you just a very, you know, brief uh, preview of what they are. We we wanted to look at the change in how B two B buyers, how their preferences and their demands on the uh, the buying process have changed. We wanted mm -hmm. to look at the need for eternal efficiency, internal efficiencies within the sales organization, and we wanted to also look at this challenge of growing. Uh, volumes of data and the the quality problems that we uh, face with them as well, and kind of mix those together to say, so what does this mean to the head of sales? What does this mean to the sales operations leader? And what does it mean to the sales enablement leader as well, so that we can provide some guidance and uh, forward-looking insight in those areas? And as we get into this, Steve, I think one of the things that's interesting about this, you know, it's all framed within the subtitle of this uh, of the note is the digital evolution of B2B sales. And I think the the role that digital plays in this story is fascinating because it's it's both the creator of the of the challenge or the opportunity or the problem, but it's also the creator of the it's the also the source for the potential solution to the challenge that it itself begets. It's a yeah. it, it is just digital just kind of rewrites everything, basically, is what I take away from that. And not that we don't kind of don't know that already, but it's really interesting to take a look at these in some uh, in some detail. Where would you like to start? Which should we start? Uh, I'm, I'm happy to go wherever you want, but the, so let's work through those three, maybe change in B2B 
B2B buyer preferences? Is that a good place to start or you pick? Yeah, no, that's a great place to start. And it's certainly something that appears in a lot of, uh, you know, it, it impacts so much of the research and the client conversations that we have, right? The idea that um, the fundamentals on how buyers want to engage with their suppliers has changed, um, may be driven by the uh, expectations that are set with how consumers engage in B2C business. Um, but there's really an expectation where um, as I engage with a supplier, I want a seamless experience and I want to be able to interact over multiple different channels in order to advance my uh, decision-making process, right? So suppliers really need to be there. They need to be able to uh, engage with those, uh, with those buyers in multiple modalities, if you will. And to do that, they also need to provide some kind of uh, continuity across that experience. So we, we think of that and we call it the multi-threaded commercial strategy in terms of being able to kind of respond uh, to that demand and provide more continuity across all of those interactions. Um, but it has some important implications to how we think about well, what's my what's my sales process versus what's my larger commercial process? And I, we can go into more in that direction, but uh, but 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 that's the the foundation of the, the the challenge itself. You know, in some ways, to your earlier point about uh, that in the B two C world, this is kind of not news, right? I mean, only in the sense it's been around for a while. When you think about if I move from my phone to my iPad to my to a website to an app to even a TV commercial, I should see similar messages, consistent messaging. I should be able to start a purchase on my phone and pick it up on my laptop later. You know, when I've after I've gotten over some distraction. What's interesting in the B two B side, it's all of that plus the fact that there's a human channel and maybe even a third party partner channel if you're selling through, say, distributors. Uh, so when when you think about all the different, I guess those would be the threads of the multi-thread, right? So I got to find a way for all of those things to work seamlessly so a, a customer based on their preferences or their needs in any given moment can bounce back and forth across all of those things. I can start on the website, pick up the phone, talk to a rep, uh, maybe even see someone in person and then but move on to an app if there's an app in that B2B purchase, whatever it might be. That should be a, it's almost cliche now to say seamless, but ideally it is. It's a single experience. And in each one of those steps, very much like in a customer service world, I'm not, I don't have to go back and repeat things. I don't have to tell people my situation again, but I'm just, each step is a move forward. Um, it's in some ways, it's hard to argue with the logic. Um, it starts to feel pretty overwhelming pretty quickly, doesn't it? In terms of how we get there. It does. And I think, you know, to your point, we used to think about the seller as being the quarterback of the deal and being the center of the, you know, uh, being able to measure and express the progress of a deal and being able to essentially direct what activities to uh, uh, need to be executed next. And that doesn't really apply anymore. Now we talk about, well, you know, your, your, uh, your, channel uh, strategy really needs to be digital first in terms of the ability to uh, provide your buyers um, a maybe a rep-free uh, experience if that's what they choose, and then treat your sellers as one of the channels rather than the primary channel engaging with your buyers. In some ways, though, Steve, so something you talk about in the note, you and the team, which I think is really interesting and, and actually kind of terrifying in some ways, but the... Uh... <laughs> 
is that right so now i've got all of these different whether you call them routes to market or channels routes to market so that could be through channel partners so modalities i think is the word you use whichever like so it yeah. could be a digital it could be a website it could be a person it could be a channel partner but one way or another i've got all these paths to my customer right in terms of how i share information and i think there's this natural inclination to think well i've got to put everything into all into all of those modalities at and so I'm, it's like, I, now instead of having one way to spam them and show up and throw up with features and benefits for my sales reps, now I can do it through 15 different paths. And so, so which is, I would imagine we'd all agree, that's a really bad idea. But nonetheless, I think there's going to be a natural inclination, put everything on the website, put everything in the app, put everything in the hands of the reps. But, and at some point you, you make a really, I think, compelling argument in this document around where we're going to head is a place where your customers just become completely bombarded and then ultimately overloaded with information. We could kind of see that in our, in our data already, but I, I can't help but imagine this is exactly what we're, it's one of those, like the last scene in the movie, the planet of the apes, like you blew it all up. You know, it's like, we're, we're going to find a way. This is why we can't have nice things, right? We're going to find a way to ruin this, aren't we? So we get all these new paths to our customers and we're going to screw it up by just dumping everything into every path. Is that at least that yeah. that's not the prediction per se, but that's that's kind of what you see likely to happen. Is that that, that is what we see happening, and I, I want to give you an example of that because you're abs you're spot on when you say that a lot of times we make we as uh, sales organizations make the problem worse, right? Because um, we're presented with this new complexity of engaging with our buyers, right? Um, and we recognize, hey, I, I need a way to kind of drive internal efficiencies as my uh, as my sellers are engaging with their buyers. So what do I do, right? Um, well, one way to do that is I want to standardize my commercial processes. I want to improve my playbooks so that my sellers know what uh, what steps they should be taking, what objections they should be anticipating, etc. Um, but very often, those playbooks end up presenting more information and more information overload to their buyers when I'm not actually kind of paying attention and being sensitive to those signals that I get back from the buyer that could help me to streamline and be smarter about how I engage and how I present information to those uh, to those buyers. So the, I think that that kind of connects into this digital evolution because it opens the door for um, technology solutions on the sales side to help me to prioritize those steps thinking about the buyer, right? Thinking about how am I going to make those buyers more effective in their decision-making process rather than just following steps in a checklist to say, well, my playbook says I need to uh, send these three documents next. So, so that in effect is, you know, it's funny whether you call it a prediction or a recommendation. So it's, it's a prediction insofar as you're predicting that the most progressive companies, the companies that recognize this problem and choose to do something about it, will start doing this. So therefore it's going to happen, but at least by the, the early Vanguard, uh, but it's more than that. It's actually uh, more than just a prediction. It's it's like a pretty strong recommendation, which uh, it can be both at the same time. There's no reason why it can't. But the uh, which is sellers, sales organizations, sales leaders are going to have to look to technology and digital as a means to help them help their customers prioritize activities, help buyers just be more effective at decision making, to essentially to to help them cut through the clutter, make decisions. Can you? First of all, did I get that right? And then two, like, how the heck do we do that? What in what ways can digital help me do that? Can you paint that picture for me? 
Yeah, sure. So I, I think you're you're spot on with your interpretation of the prediction, right? We expect that um, that B2B sales organizations will start to either augment or replace their traditional sales playbooks with AI guided selling solutions. And uh, that I'm, I'm just kind of continuing with that example of playbooks. Yeah. So, but if you think about the implications of that, right? I I, I need to provide those recommendations to my sellers. Um, I also need to think about, well, how well, how adept are my sellers? How proficient are they in interpreting um, data and information that we provide in order to help them guide their uh, their day-to-day uh, -day selling activities also. It's one thing to serve up specific recommendations, but it, there's also a dimension here where we provide data and analytics to those uh, sellers and how do we think about improving their uh, their proficiency or their data literacy in yeah. order to be able to do that as well. Because I, and we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a few minutes, but there's, yeah. we've been talking about buyer information overload. There's a, there's an issue with seller information overload as well. Okay. So let's, let's, okay, let's, let's set that aside for just a moment. Okay, Come back yeah. to, I think you're right. But, but yes. So, so, cause that is, this, it's like whack-a-mole, isn't it? It's like you solve for problem one and you create problem <laughs> two because solving for problem one is, Let's use data, AI, information, better analysis to understand where our customers get stuck and provide not just our reps better guidance and help our customers, but I would imagine to provide our customers directly through digital uh, modalities, better guidance. That What would that look like? I, I'm just starting to think before I even get to the reps and the fact that we've in our in our in our pell-mell effort to help seller or customers we've just overwhelmed our reps so we'll, we'll come back to that in a second but how what exactly are we helping our customers to do with digital in terms of decision making is it is it cutting the clutter is it reducing volume is it helping them prioritize is it something else is it all the above um it is all of the above i i like to focus and prioritize on cutting the clutter right because mm -hmm. uh, again we know we've seen uh numerous times that um that the amount of information that is presented to buyers has a detrimental impact on their ability yeah. to effectively make decisions or confident decisions right so yeah. um the the idea that i i'm in touch with that i understand and can uh, uh effectively navigate my buyer's um uh, decision making journey and be able to kind of map that back into, well, what are the things that my sellers need to be doing to support each of these buyer activities is really kind of, I think, central to that ability. So if I have the ability to uh, identify those things, track them in my CRM, be able to kind of incorporate those into my uh, deal analytics and my manager seller coaching, uh, all of those things together help me to kind of better understand what's happening on the, the buyer's side of the equation and respond more effectively. Right. So I can use analytics. I can use, uh, so based on what uh, a customer or stakeholder has done on my website, maybe what they've done online more broadly using other vendors to, to scrape the internet and kind of get their personality profiles to get a sense of what that company's bought in the past, to use that with pattern matching with companies like them, what they've bought in the past and put all that stuff together in a, in a very smart analytical tool to say, all right, for this customer in this situation with this background and with this path of activities, the thing to do for them is not these five things. It is this one thing. And that's got the highest likelihood of, of success from the customer's perspective. 
it's it basically it's kind of like personalization in a way, isn't it? Right. It's just that. So each each individual stakeholder, each individual customer, each individual purchase is going to get a unique engagement strategy that is best tuned to be supportive for them in the moment, given where they are and what they're trying to do. And and the only way you're going to do that accurately at scale is through technology. So uh, yes, did I get all that right? I think I summed you, it up right. Did I get it right? You did. did you absolutely something? did. And uh, okay. to that point, we stress the importance of having a kind of common data store where you have yeah. that visibility into your customer across channels. And with 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 uh, in many situations, we talk with clients about, well, you know what? You've got this CRM data problem in terms of the um, the accuracy and the completeness of the information that you're able to collect. Um, there are solutions that will help you to actually um, detect and automatically log those interactions and maybe even the quality of those interactions to incorporate into that bigger picture as well. 100%. So now, so now effectively in setting up the first uh, prediction, trend and prediction, we've, um, we've kind of set up the other two as well. So yeah. they're, they're follow-ons to the first one, aren't they? So, so in this world where I've got all this data, uh, whether it's sourced internally, whether it's sourced from third parties, whether it's uh, created through AI or it's just, you know, or it's, I put it in the data lake as observational uh, instances, one or another, I've, I'm now swimming potentially in data and information perspectives. Um, I think the thing you don't want to do this is like dump it all in a dashboard and and give it to your <laughs> sales reps to say, okay, figure it out, right? Because this is, this is a... Um, so that's the next step in the story is not only are customers likely to become overwhelmed or at least have the potential to become overwhelmed in this world, I think it's almost certainly likely that your sales reps or your front line, let's include the managers there, are, are going to easily become very overwhelmed because there's this really good, it's, it's, the road to heck is paved in good intentions, isn't it, Steve? So the, uh, the um, it's like, I've got all this data, of course I'm going to share it with my reps because it'll make their lives so much more ability to be more accurate. And what happens, of course, they become overwhelmed pretty quickly, isn't it? Yeah. And I talk with many clients who will say, I've just got hundreds of reports and dashboards in my CRM and none of them are highly adopted. Right. So how do I how do I streamline and drive adoption? And uh, the, it, it's a common problem for exactly the reasons that you just described. We've got all of this access to information. Um, it's difficult to tease out which elements are most critical for specific yeah. uh, workflows uh, that our sellers are working through. So you and I are, you and I are at least a similar age. So you're, which is a fancy way of saying, uh, a more polite way of saying, you and I are both old enough to remember this time. But they're, one of the best comments I ever heard about a dashboard is back in the days when like we would print stuff out. You remember that? But someone yeah. said, it's not a dashboard if you need to staple it. I thought that was the best. That, that like, You can imagine a virtual version of that, which is it's not a dashboard if you need to staple it. Um, it's like, and that's, I think what we're doing is like, here's a chart and here's a graph and here's an, and, and, and particularly in a digital world where there's no cost to incremental information, provision of inf incremental information. Um, we gotta be really careful. So here's this so recommendation. Number two, prediction, number two, I mean, in terms of prediction to be this, the best companies, the most progressive companies will move in this direction. And certainly a recommendation from everyone else is that we need to use digital, not to make our, our sales reps lives harder, but, but easier to skinny this down, to provide more recommendations. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about what that would look like and what that would feel like? Yeah, I think that that really kind of drives this need for um, seller, either AI solutions or advanced analytics that are provided to uh, to your managers and to your sales teams. 
So if I think about that, I'm thinking about, well, there's the guided selling elements that we discussed earlier. There's also the gathering data that is going to augment or improve my seller and my deal coaching. So can I glean some uh, intelligence from conversations that have been had and how well my sellers are delivering certain messages? Um, are my buyers asking more and more questions about competitors, that type of thing? So I'm, I'm kind of using the example of uh, conversation intelligence that provides data back to the manager to help with that coaching uh, capability. Um, when I think about and when I think about the the content of the the research note itself, one of the things that we said to sales ops leaders was, um, you've really got to start thinking about your uh, technology roadmap in terms of what am I doing to actually number one enable that buyer effectiveness we talked about before. That is absolutely. Uh, uh, top priority. But the second is, how am I protecting my sellers from information overload as well and streamlining a lot of those um, reports, dashboards, et cetera, that we're pumping out the door today? You know, let me ask you something, just a thought, The um, which is use technology to make more accurate predictions and therefore prescriptions to sellers of what to do next uh, is, is how I'd sum at least part of that up. I'd love to get a your sense, like, did I Am I in the ballpark? And then two, let's talk for just a moment on like, if it's, if I'm a seller, am I, I wonder what is my reaction? Oh, thank goodness. I have help. And that help is accurate. I, I really appreciate it. Or is I, or is my reaction as a seller? Like get out of my way and quit telling me what to do. You robot, <laughs> you machine. I, I, what's your, what's your prediction on that? Any thoughts? Yeah. So I, I, one, yes, you did summarize that correctly. And it's, I, I've got plenty of thoughts, and it's a it's a really interesting phenomena because um, th there's absolutely a level of pride that every uh, you know career seller carries with them that says right. you know what I I know what I'm doing, and it's the same kind of that was the basis for many of the uh, the pushback that sales leaders get when they roll out things like playbooks we talked about earlier, right? Yeah. Um, and what I've seen with, uh, with clients is, is that um, when we move to more advanced technologies, there's, um, there's a, pro uh, a proof period, if you will, um, yeah. where sellers need to see the, uh, the results. They need to learn to trust the recommendations, and then they can essentially begin to respond to those uh, those ticklers, if you will, those uh, yeah. prescriptions on what they ought to be doing next. So once I realize it'll help me get to Cancun on the president's uh, trip, then I, I'm on board. I, I think it's, I, I, it's not what you said. It's a cynical version uh -huh. of what you said, but yep. it kind of, it's kind of true. But the, uh, all right, so all this, let's get to our third one just for the time, um, and, which is pretty straightforward as a direct result out of the first two, which is uh, it's a, both a prediction and a recommendation that certainly the prediction be the most leading, the leading companies and really the recommendation to all companies are going to have to take a really hard look across the next couple of years at their tech spend, their tech stack to, 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 to do an audit of the capabilities they have, just do some real hard think about how all of that data fits together system wise. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. This feels like a, almost logically, it's like a no brainer, but it's, this is going to be hard, isn't it? This is a lot of work we're talking about here, isn't it? It is it is a lot of work. Now I'll I'll kind of begin by saying that our research tells us that uh, sales budgets are increasing. 
uh, coming out of the pandemic and many organizations are looking to prioritize spending either on AI or on sales analytics, which are uh, uh, good, good news in terms of the conversation we're having here. Now, um, some do express that concern of, uh, listen, this is, this is overwhelming. Where, where do I start? What technology should I prioritize? And our advice to that is you've really got to start thinking about the particular use cases that are most critical to your business and where are the biggest gaps, either where, um, autom auto <laughs> Automation and standardization can help where um, more uh, buyer sensitive recommendations will help or where better insight from analytics will help sellers be more effective. And I'll often go through kind of prioritization exercises with clients to kind of answer those questions and uh, and, and try to uh, kind of chart that path. But then the flip side of that is we also provide some information on, well, these are the um, the use cases where vendors have become the most mature in terms mm -hmm. of uh, their offerings, because of course that goes hand in hand with the, the question of how do I build a roadmap? It's going to become pretty critical. You know, the, again, the document is predicts 2022, the digital evolution, or maybe the digital revolution, but as the digital evolution of B2B sales. Steve, let me, as we kind of sum it up, let me, I'd love to get your thoughts. I mean, you and I could both count our experience, our, 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 our time in the sales professional in decades, not just in years, which is shocking. But the, um, I, I'm just trying to place myself in this moment in history. I mean, is this a, it's a longer trend term, a longer term trend. We should kind of keep an eye on it, but this is something for the smaller upstart companies or the the younger people to worry about. Or is your take, uh, you know, is like y'all need to do this yesterday? I mean, tell me. I, I, there's a couple different things I take out of this in terms of like it just it feels so different. But and I think for a lot of us, just in terms of our mental models of how sales works and how it's worked for years, this just feels so disruptive and so different. And AI and machine learning and predictive analytics, that's something for the tech companies to worry about. Uh, I got to think, though, in any sector, in any industry, there's going to be one or two companies that get on this. And get, in fact, we see that. We know that, in fact, to be true, right? And, and, they're, and they're seeing huge value in doing so. And so I guess what it boils down to me, Steve, is like, what's your take on like the, the timeline for this, like, yeah, I should probably, you know, I look, I've got five things to worry about. And this is number six. I should probably have someone on my team begin to think about this. Or is it more like, if I don't figure this out and get going in the next six to 18 months, I'm going to get my lunch eaten in two years. Where, where on that? Uh, so if those are the two ends of the spectrum, where, <laughs> where, where should I be? Do you think in terms of, of that spectrum? Um, I, I honestly think it's closer to the, Hey, I'm going to get my lunch eaten and maybe it's not two to three years. Maybe it's three to five years, but I think that it's um, the impacts that we see from the, um, development of either AI solutions or advanced analytics is going to accelerate. And, you know, yeah. we've seen that with other technologies and we've seen that with uh, especially AI in other kind of commercial technologies and in social media, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So I, I, I don't think that it is going to be isolated to particular uh, industries like high tech, et cetera. Um, I think that it, this is a tide that will uh, rise all of these vessels. Right. I, I think that yeah. it will, it will have a uh, universal impact. 
you know, and you think of like, you know, uh, Moore's crossing the chasm work. This is this is not a place where you want to be a late adopter, is it? This is uh, because there's going to be significant commercial consequences for you, if not in terms of competitors being able to move faster, more accurately than you. Then if not, then if nothing else, according to your first trend, just customers that are overwhelmed with information and just more deals winding up in status quo uh, or or indecision because they just they can't make good decisions. And so there's a there's a couple battles you're fighting simultaneously here, right? One is staying up with and maybe even ahead of the competition and and two is getting ahead of customers increasing um not tendency but reality of of just being overwhelmed i think it's a there's a lot going on and and i, th- I guess what i sum up from this steven i thank you so much is that like man we got to get after this this is some two years ago three years ago only like the most the most progressive companies were talking about ai and sales what is what that's a thing and here we are two years later and it's like if you I'm I'm with you. I, I I just that's what I conclude is if we're not on this, we need to get on this um, because it's going to really really change how things get done next couple of years. Um, okay, go ahead. Yeah, final thoughts on that. Yeah, just in addition to what you said, it's also a super exciting time to be in a sales leadership role and kind of, you know, seeing this develop and charting your own course as far as, you know, what's going to have the biggest impact on on my business. God, that's such a positive way to end. That is perfect, right? Which is the <laughs> right, but it's but you're you're 100 right. I mean, if there's ever an interesting time to be in sales, this is it, right? I mean, oh my gosh, so so 100. So again, the document is predicts 2022, the digital evolution of B2B sales. You'll find Steve's byline there along with the other members. There's five other members of our team that contribute this document. There's a lot of thought that went into this. We'll link it to the show notes. Um, and and this is just one piece of a big story that, of course, we've been tracking and will continue to track on, on everyone's behalf. So for those of you who are Gartner clients at the sales practice, uh, check that document out. And let's make sure we set up some follow-up time with Steve and others, members of our team, to, to kind of help you think through your next steps uh, in this brave new world. And until then, Steve, as always, man, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. It was a real pleasure. All right. For all of you out there, thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Gardner Sales Podcast. As always, please, please, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other and stay safe out there, everyone. And uh, and we'll talk soon. Cheers all. Please subscribe and share the episode with your colleagues. Thank you for listening. Gartner Podcasts are a production of Gartner, the world's leading research and advisory company, equipping executives across the enterprise with indispensable insight, advice, and tools to achieve their mission-critical priorities. You can learn more at Gartner.com. All content in Gartner Podcasts is owned by Gartner and cannot be repurposed or reproduced without Gartner's consent. Gartner is an impartial, independent analyst of business and technology. This content should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of any enterprise's product or services. All content provided by other speakers is expressly the views of those speakers and their organizations.